All right. Are we on? Good morning, church. Welcome, everybody, online. Uh, appreciate those that did come help out this morning to make sure that our service could get kicked off okay. Um, it's weird hearing my voice as it echoes into this room that's empty. Um, but uh, we are glad that you guys are all here. Uh, can I get you to shut that door, please? Thank you. Anyway, good morning. Um, we are hoping to get back to church possibly uh, in meeting in person in this building possibly next Sunday. We have an elders meeting uh, tomorrow morning at 10. We're going to evaluate some of the numbers, what's going on in our community. Uh, one of the things that we are doing is we watch the schools. We watch our local school districts and see how they're operating, what they're doing. And we also pay a lot of attention to the other churches and what they're doing. Uh, here's the hardest part with closing the building. First off, we're not closing the church, we're closing the building. I'll talk a little bit more about that in a little bit. It's not an easy task. We have to evaluate everything that we do, and we need to do that for the safety of everyone. Um, I was told a long time ago, if it's going to hurt the mission of Christ, don't do it. If it's going to hinder what we're trying to do as a mission, don't do it. We live in a very, very non-Christian county. We have Sometimes we have to not think of ourselves inside the walls, but think outside the walls when it comes to bringing people to Jesus. If the churches are refusing to shut down or be safe or anything like that, all it's doing is honestly it's, it's hindering the mission. Now, I don't think complying is always the necessary thing to do, but what we also need to do is remember that we too are a part of the community and we don't want a bullseye on our back going, well, that church spread COVID all over the place. Well, that church refuses to close down. Well, that church does this, that church does that. We would rather have that good where we're out there in the community, everybody loves this church, we want to be a part of the community, and uh, sometimes we have to do things that seem crazy, like closing the doors of the building for a few weeks and see if this thing plays out a little bit better. But we are the church, not the building. So, uh, as we get started here, I really just quickly, uh, there was a, um, a memorial service, a funeral yesterday for Dar Donna uh, Cyril, 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 did I say that? That's, that's kind of a hard one. I just wanted to thank those of you that were here to help that be a success for that family, to be the church, to do all the work that had to be done that was unexpected, um, but it was done anyway, and I'm just really grateful for those of you um, that were here to help that be a nice uh, send-off for her to go to heaven for that family. So thank you for showing up and doing that. Um, Let's just pray. Uh, we'll jump right into the message. Um, Heavenly Father, I thank you this morning for your grace, Lord God. I thank you for your mercy. I thank you for placing things on the hearts of this leadership of this church to make hard decisions, um, no matter what they are, what, what they might be, Lord God. But uh, we thank you for helping us to believe in you and thank you for keeping our faith strong. And all that we do, Lord, I do pray that we can continue to grow this church as we're online, uh, as we come back to meet again 
Lord, I just pray that the COVID cases go down, these people stop getting sick, the ICUs become empty, and we can get back to uh, some normality of life, Lord. But if that doesn't happen, help us learn, Lord, how to do church that isn't as orthodox as it's been for the last 150 years. Help us learn to grow your kingdom if we don't get to have a building. How do we do that, Lord? Help us to know. But right now, Lord, as we teach this message, in the safety of your building, in the safety of your presence, Lord, I just pray that it reaches the hearts of everyone that is listening today. Thank you for this opportunity. Amen. Well, unquestionably, uh, the most talked about thing again is COVID-19. Conversations everywhere you go. If you walk down Seaside this last weekend with Hood to Coast, a lot of people were talking about COVID-19. Where are their masks? Who's, who's in charge out there? Why are there so many people together? What's going on? How are we going to stop the spread of COVID-19? Well, I don't know. But it's a big conversation. We also know that COVID-19 is highly contagious. That's kind of why we said, hey, we need to put a stop to meeting in person in this building for a few weeks just to hopefully slow this thing down. I don't want to see more and more and more people getting sick under the shepherd leadership that I am at. My heart would break if I knew someone caught COVID because we were one of those churches that go, nope, we're meeting, period. I don't know how I would live knowing that. Also, what we're hearing a lot about is the hurt and the fear over Afghanistan. What's going on in our world today? Uh, Afghanistan is in shambles. It's breaking my heart to see our fellow uh, Americans left there, dying there, our Marines, uh, Navy men dying there. Um, it's just mind-boggling what is happening. It's been a really long two weeks for me personally, losing close friends, seeing people, pastors and churches in critical care, losing pastors and friends uh, because of COVID and then having it happen right in our own backyard. Uh, the hurt and the fear that's being applied to us by the media sure doesn't help. It doesn't help at all. There's so many things out there that are unsettling, taking us to a place that is of uncertainty. But our certainty is definitely in Christ Jesus. That's where we're going to land. We have to land with our hope in Jesus, not our government. Not that the vaccine is going to save everyone. Not saying don't get it or get it. Not saying that. I'm just saying our hope isn't in the vaccine. Our hope is in Jesus. That doesn't mean don't get the vaccine and have hope in Jesus. That means if you want to get it, get the vaccine and still put your hope in Jesus. That's like putting on a helmet when you ride a motorcycle. It's fine to get the shot if you want the shot. But I have decided the only thing more contagious than the virus leading up in this last week is fear. Fear is far more contagious than a virus. Any virus. As we keep looking, you see people that are left behind in Afghanistan and Haiti and these third world countries. Stores in our own country, in our own backyard are becoming empty. Businesses are being shut down because there's no employees to work. Working from home is very possible if you can get the job. And then, but what's crazy is there's people, they're not even going back to work. 
So businesses are shutting down even if they have the product to sell. Every news channel that you turn on, whether on social media or on Fox News or CNN, MSNBC, PBR, whatever it is you listen to or watch, it is nothing but doom and gloom. The schools are talking about closing down. They are shutting down in Portland. Anybody, anything in Washington County or in, in that surrounding area, their schools are not going to open up yet again. Mask mandates are everywhere again. Not only inside, but outside. They're making them mandated again. Empty church buildings, as we're witnessing right now. Travel is becoming limited yet again. And people are panicking everywhere. But there is hope. We are not having to fight over toilet paper right now. Thank God. We at least got TP, right? Seems like the devil these days is working a little bit of overtime, isn't he? He's always on the prowl. He's always moving and shaking and lying and looking beautiful. Man, and the health of people that are around us. It's not just the COVID that's hitting people. It's their mental health. Mental health. People are crumbling around us because of what it is they're going through in their life. I can tell you I'm one of them. I struggled several months ago with my health, with everything that was going on. And then yet these last couple weeks have tormented my heart as we lose people we love. It's hard to continue to keep going with an attitude of positivity You're being torn down constantly. It's hard. Tons of people, like I said, quit going to work because they get a check already. But yet they see the, the, the world in turmoil. And, and I know people personally on unemployment still, and they have been for over a year. And they are on board with going, yeah, this is devastating to see. No one going to work. I can't believe people aren't going to work. And they're the problem. It's everywhere around us. The middle class is facing financial challenges that we've honestly really never really seen. How many of you enjoy filling up your car right now? I hate it. I've been walking to work. I need to get healthy anyway. I couldn't believe it. I filled up my Jeep two weeks ago, walked to work all of last week. I got back in my Jeep on the weekend. It was full. I was like, yes, stick it, Biden. Anyway, <clears throat> That wasn't to be political. I'm blaming him for the gas prices, not everything else, okay? Just must, I have to say, I'm not happy with that man because of the gas pump. There are people left to the coyotes in Afghanistan. I'm afraid for those people. I will genuinely admit that I am afraid for those people. But here's the reality fear is contagious. It doesn't take much fear to spread uncontrollably at all. But there's hope. They're in Afghanistan. They're going to be tortured and die, and yet I'm still supposed to stand up here and say there's hope. Man, Larry, Bob, and I, we found out how many people within our church and around our church were sick with COVID. Those that were in intensive care, we felt a bit of fear. I'm not going to lie. We were afraid. 
I had a few conversations with Larry even after that, that where he was willing to open up and share his feelings with me about fear. I'll that that's okay to share, Larry. The people that are sick, things that are going on in our world, our, church, our, our country's crumbling right before our very eyes. We felt fear. But let me tell you, we felt the fear, but you know what we did as leadership of this church? We stood in front of the fear and we go, okay, it's our job to shepherd and protect this flock. And we had to make a decision. It wasn't an easy decision when we said, hey, we're going to close the doors for a few weeks to see what happens. We didn't want to do that. Man, did you see the momentum that we were going back into that again? But I did it for the well-being of people because here's the deal. We're all carriers. Every one of us is a carrier of something. What if it spreads? It's really hard to spread the good news as a carrier if we just go to church on Sunday instead of just looking like the church during the whole week. I think sometimes when we close the building on a Sunday, it gives us a reality check of what's really the church. What's the church? It's us. I have come to the conclusion, like I said, and I hope you all understand this, that you are a carrier. We're all carriers, every one of us. You're carrying something, whether you want to or not. You're a carrier. But here's the question. Is what you're carrying worth catching? Is what you're carrying every day, Sunday through Sunday, every day during the week, worth catching? It's a good question. There's this really great power portion of Scripture that Paul is writing to the believers of Thessalonica. And he says this, 1 Thessalonians 1, 2, and 3. Chapter 1, verse 2 and 3. We always thank God for all of you and pray for you constantly. As we pray to our God and Father about you, we think of your faithful work, your loving deeds, and in the enduring hope that you have because of the Lord Jesus Christ. So I want you to think to yourself this morning, think about what it is to yourself, what is your faithful work look like? Does your faithful work look like, well, when I go on Sunday to church, what I like to do for faithful work is hand out bulletins. I am super grateful that you hand out bulletins, but that's not the faithful work of the Lord. That's serving the church, thankful, thankfully. I'm grateful for you. But Monday through Saturday, you've got a bigger job to do when it comes to faithful work. Loving deeds. What does your loving deeds look like? Well, when I come to church on Sunday, uh, I'll pass communion. I don't want that to be all that you do. Loving deeds need to go far beyond. Do you look like Jesus in the world when you're walking? Are you different? Are you a light shining in the darkness every day of the week? Not just looking good on Sunday, and it's hard to do that when we close the doors. But here's the hard one. Enduring hope. Is your hope enduring? Is it lasting? Is it going through the trials and tribulations that we face daily? And does it still look like hope? Why do I have faith, love, and hope? Because of Jesus Christ. 
It's what I have read in here. And I believe what was written in here is to be true. That's how I know Jesus. It's not because He's in my heart. That's wonderful. I'm glad He's in your heart. He lived for Him in your heart. But here's the deal. We know Jesus is real because of His written Word, not because of how He lives within us. Don't live there. Live here in the Word of God. And He will fill our hearts and He will change our hearts. And the reason that I say it's so important to have this as the foundation, not just your heart, is because anybody from any other religion can go, yeah, well, Muhammad lives right in my heart. Buddha lives in my heart. That's how I know he's real. You see why I'm saying what I'm saying? I'm not trying to say and doubt you and what Christ is and doing through you inside of you, but this is how we know Jesus is real, is what it was written down as a proven, a proven document. When fear was brought, or when we brought you the good news, it was not only the, with words, but also with power. For when we brought you good news, who brought good news? Was it just Jesus that brought good news? No, this was, this was Paul. This was the disciples. This was every person that had come to Christ that had brought good news. And he brought it with the power of the Holy Spirit. We brought good news. Someone brought you good news. Someone brought you the good news and brought you to becoming a Christian, a follower of Jesus. Someone showed and shared God's grace with you. Someone. Do not capture that just for yourself. It's time for us to get out there and share that good news as well. Could you imagine how fast? If someone said it's a no-brainer cure for COVID-19, how fast that news was going to spread. Look how fast the news spread that there was a vaccine. Not only was there a vaccine, but now you have to have the vaccine, and now they're going to mandate the vaccine. The news is spreading like wildfire over it. But just think, we have something better than a vaccine. We have eternal hope. Something that's everlasting. Something that says, you know what, whether you got the vaccine or you didn't get the vaccine, you're still going to die and you still need to know Jesus. Okay, We have to be willing to spread the good news. Not just go to church on Sunday. I want to tell you about some good news that doesn't just heal the physical. Can you imagine if you said that to someone? I want to tell you about this news that I know. And it's not just going to heal your physical sickness, but it cures spiritual sickness. Because remember, Jesus did not come for the healthy. He came for the sick. He came for the sick. Jesus didn't come for the righteous, so we should never walk around as if we are. He came for the sinners. He came for you and I. To change us. To grow us up. He makes us righteous. We are not righteous. It is because of Him that we can stand in front of the Father righteous, but it does not mean I get to stand in front of anyone else and act righteous. As if I'm better. I am made righteous by the blood of Jesus Christ, but that doesn't mean I am righteous in the eyes of the world. I don't get to walk with my head held high over everyone. I get to walk with my head held high in hope for the eternal future that I have. 
with confidence in Jesus Christ, not confidence over others. Our God did not just shout His love from heaven. We cannot just shout our love from the pulpit on Sunday. He showed it on earth. He walked to people. He sat with people. He ate with people. He loved on people. Are we doing the same thing? He gave us grace through the cross. And through our faith, we receive an amazing gift. He gave us grace. We receive it through our faith. And we get eternal life with Jesus in heaven. Yeah, it doesn't get any better than that. To hold on to that hope. To hold that close to our heart. The good news. This is what I want everyone to catch. The good news is not that we get to make the world a better place. At all. But we're saved out of this world. I saw that on a post by A.W. Tozer on Facebook. And that just hit my heart so hard. When you think of those people that are left behind in Afghanistan that are Christians, or in Syria, or Iran, or in China, or in North Korea, wherever it might be, or someday here, and we're persecuted, we're not going to tuck our tail in and hide and run. Now, we might have an underground church, but guess what we're going to be doing? Bringing people to Jesus. Because our job isn't to make the world a better place. Our job is to make people know that they can be saved from this broken world and have a place that they get to go outside of it. They can live in exile. We don't belong here. So when you pray for those people in Afghanistan or wherever they may be, pray for their enduring faith. Their endurance to live strong till their last breath no matter what happens to them. I want them to get out. I want them to have a long life. But if this is where their test comes and they are tortured to denounce their faith, I pray that they have the strength to say, my Lord, my God, Jesus Christ, as they take their last breath. That's where hope endures. Hope endures till our last breath. Not that the world around us is going to be good, the way that we want it, to be nice and comfortable. But it is good news worth spreading. It is great news worth spreading. Not that the world is going to be better. But you don't have to live in this world anymore. We're all a carrier. Carrying something. Is what you're carrying worth spreading? 1 Thessalonians 1, chapter, or verse 8. And now the world of the Lord is ringing out from you to people everywhere, even beyond Macedonia. For wherever we go, we find people telling us about your faith in God. Could you imagine? Everywhere you go, someone is telling you about Jesus? You'd be like, what happened to this place? You go to Fred Meyer and someone's like, hey, I just got to tell you about this. Jesus guy, I know. And then you go over to Ross. Hey, I just want to tell you about Jesus. Then you go into the natural grocers. Hey, I just want to tell you about Jesus. This isn't you telling others. This is everyone telling you about Jesus. That's what it should look like in our world. 
Our world, everybody should know and want to talk about Jesus. You get into Costco and you're handing the lady your receipt. She's trying to let you out the door and she goes, man, you got a lot of stuff. Hey, do you know who Jesus is? Wouldn't that be be a trip? But it'd be awesome. That's what our world should look like. Everybody should want to tell someone about Jesus just to tell them about the good news. It should ring out. It should echo. We have enough people that in our county that go to church and believe in Jesus that I think just about everybody in our county could hear Jesus every day. Every day someone could hear the word Jesus. Hear the name of Jesus. Because someone in the churches all around us, we were all doing our job, not worrying about the persecution. I will say, as you're spreading from you to others, we do need to be cautious about COVID. It's a health risk. If you're sick, you can't share the good news. That's why we're careful. Spreading sickness and persecution are two different things. I will stand on this pulpit until they drag me out of this building. That has nothing to do with sickness. That has something to do with the law and them telling me I can't preach the name of Jesus. That's the difference I'm trying to equate here with health and law. Okay? I want you to think about, is the name of Jesus springing from your lips? Is what people are catching from you Jesus. Am I describing you this morning? Is it describing anyone that you know? You're just so in love with Jesus, you talk about Him all the time. You're always in the Word. You're always sharing His grace. You're always showing love to others and being gentle and kind, knowing that they're sinners just like you. This is what happens when people catch passion for Jesus. You want to tell people about Jesus. You want to share what you have. You should be sharing what you have. And it does start to spread. When you're enthusiastic about the name of God, Yahweh, Christ, grace, and you share that with other people, man, it is contagious. People want to know more about it, especially through times like today. Especially through everything that's going on. Can you remember when Jesus raised that little girl from the dead? Do you think that stayed quiet? No, in Matthew 9.26 it says, news of this spread through all the region. Spread everywhere. Quick news happening. When Jesus cast out evil spirits, Mark 1.28 says, news about Him spread quickly over the whole region of Galilee. Acts 6.7 So the Word of God spread. The number of His disciples in Jerusalem Increased rapidly. Rapidly. I have a friend who works for a a Church of Christ in uh, Africa. They are baptizing two to three people every day. Every day. They don't just go to church on Sunday. It's church every day. They are out there making disciples and baptizing them every day. And I love it because they like, it reminds me of the eunuch when, he, when he's with is Philip. Yeah. So the eunuch, and he's like, hey, there's water. That's what these people do. They're like these mud holes full of water. And they're like, 
Let's do it. And he, they get in these mud holes and they're getting baptized. And it's all the time. It's because their faith is just ringing out over their, their country and where they're at, their cities and their towns. They're not afraid to continuously make disciples. When I read this Scripture and then I think of Clatsop County and I think of our American churches, my heart breaks. My heart weeps because it does not say in, if we were to write a book about the church of Clatsop County, it would not say the number of disciples in Jerusalem or in Clatsop County is increasing rapidly. That's sad. That shouldn't be the case. We should be more upset by that than locking the doors of the building. Seriously. Why did this news, good news spread? The message, the Word of God. Why did it spread? Because of faithful work, loving deeds, and enduring hope. There are people going to die in Afghanistan, and I guarantee you they're bringing people to Jesus right now. They are still sharing their faith with others right now. They are telling other people that their hope is not in the outcome of where they are today. Enduring hope is what I pray for all the time. For those in Afghanistan, I pray they finish the race. We can't make this world better. We can only help people find a way out. We can pray for their faith that it never fails. And I pray for your faith that it never fails. You know, it's the hard thing that we fight here isn't the government right now. It's the shiny things. It's the covetousness of other things and what other people have and what we do and, and so forth. You guys, I'm here this morning to say, look, fear is contagious. We all know that. But it's really easy to jump on that bandwagon too. Being afraid sucks. And it's a natural reaction to things is being afraid. I'm afraid to lose my children. I would never want to lose my kids. My son owned a motorcycle. I was afraid. I prayed for him every single day and I was still afraid. And I know I was afraid because I was still awake. Every night when he got home at 2 o'clock in the morning, I waited to hear the noise of that motorcycle coming into my driveway. I was afraid. Did I lose faith in God? Nope. Because I was praying to him, bring my son home safely, please. Please bring my son home safely. But as any good parent would do, wait up. I just want to know that they're okay. Fear is contagious. But I'm here to tell you that so is faith. Faith is equally contagious. It's very contagious. And I don't know about you, but I'm a carrier of my faith. And I pray that everybody watching today is a carrier of your faith. Remember, we're faith spreaders. We spread the faith, the love, spreading the love. We're love givers. We have to look like Jesus and loving on other people so that we can deal them a really good hand of hope. We need to be contagious. If you get too close to me, my prayer is you're going to catch what I'm carrying and I'm praying it's hope in Jesus Christ. I'm praying that's what people get from me. Because of our Lord Jesus Christ, I am full of faith and not fear. I'm not saying there aren't days that I'm afraid. 
I'm not saying there's not days where I have some fears. Things that I deal with. Pastor, aren't you afraid when Christians aren't gathering in church buildings? No. I'm not. I've said it since day one. Church is not a building. (laughs) Church is not a building. We don't go to church. We are the church. We are the church. And now I want to help you with this, and please don't take, think that I'm grasped to anybody listening or anything. This is not directed to anyone, but hear me out. If you think I closed church, your God is too small. <laughs> God gets to close church, not Daniel. I made a decision to close the building. Our church is not closed, and it is roaring strong. And I pray that as the building has been closed the last couple Sundays, that we are making disciples by making disciples who love to make disciples. We're not closed. We just can't gather the way that we're used to. It's a little bit different now. Praying we get back soon. I pray. Thousands and thousands of churches that went online. Isn't it amazing that Google stinks? Being online stinks. Social media stinks. But those who love God, He can turn them into good. He can do all things for His glory, can't He? And guess what we're doing? We are being... Obviously not just from this church. But now we're on pace for doubling that in 2021. Did you know that? Online has done a great service. Now, it is not a trade-off for in-person at all. And it should not be a substitute. It should be... Excuse me, it is a substitute, but not a full trade-off. A substitute that is temporary. We will never stop doing online because it works. It's real. People are hearing the Word of God. But we do want people to come back to be a part of this body. Do not make it your permanent solution now to just stay home. Jesus did not ask us to go into our homes and hide for the rest of our lives. He was confident when He said, go into all the world and shine. Go into the world and shine. When we gather and worship God on on Sundays, it's for the Christians. When we go into the world, it's for the non-believers. I do want non-Christians to come to church. That would be awesome. We want them. But someone out there has got to bring them. Someone's got to bring people to church. If we can't gather physically, like I said, we will gather digitally. We will know each other's hearts. We will be praying for each other. And we will stay connected. Because we do have good news worth spreading. Just call yourselves digital evangelists for a little while. Jesus knows that we are His disciples. How? Because we came to church on Sunday? No. By the way that we hoard toilet paper or bottled water? No. By the way that we huddle up for safety? No, by the way that we love one another. That is how the world will know that we are His disciples, by the way that we love one another. Interesting. Interesting. John 13.35 says, By this everyone will know that you are My disciples if. That's a really long two-letter word. If you love one another. We have to keep loving on one another, being there for one another. When they're down, we need to be there for them. When they're up, we need to be praising with them. We need to be the church. 
I saw the church yesterday with just a few that were here. Sue, I know you were here, and Dave and Jackie, I know that you guys were here, and uh, Martin showed up, and Connie and Gavin were here, and to make this a success for a family, I saw the church come to, together to do what needed to be done for a family. We must continue the mission of Christ always. Why? Because it's your calling. How many of you don't know your calling? What, what is, do you not know what Jesus wants you to do for your life? I'm here to tell you, I don't know exactly how He wants you to do it, but your calling is to go and make disciples. Your calling is to raise up the church. That's your calling. How you do that, I don't know. There's many avenues. Everything short of sin is our motto here at this church. We will do everything short of sin to make disciples to know Jesus. Everything. Even through persecution, we won't riot, we don't protest. We don't continue the mission of making disciples by going out there protesting something and rioting something else because it hinders the mission of God. How many, how many folks, if we, if we got political, if we allowed everybody to come into our church, everybody had Trump hats on and Trump shirts on, or I'm a Republican and Republican's the only way, do you think we would ever bring anybody that votes Democrat to Jesus in this church? No. Or we changed that around and we said, you know, Biden is the Savior, the truth of everything, or whatever, however you want to say it. And everybody had Democrat shirts on and their cars out there all said, vote Democrat and everything. Will we get people that are Republican to come to this church and know Jesus? No. We don't need to get political. You know why? Because Jesus is an American. <laughs> Jesus is God. He made the whole world, not just America. We've got to be careful on what helps or hinders the mission. So how can we meet the needs of our community? When we see that it's getting bad, we need to open up, put it on Facebook, do something. Hey, how many of you have ever been a, are really good at math? Anybody in here really good at math? Good. Put it on Facebook that you'll help tutor kids in math. That's how you can help your community. Because there's a lot of kids right now at home and parents that don't know math like me. Thank God my kids are not at home because <laughs> they'd come out like me. It wouldn't be good. How many of you are good with children, period? You just love kids. Maybe you can open up your home and help uh, some of these uh, nurses, uh, people that work in first response or something like that that have to work a lot of overtime right now, taking a kid in and say, you know what? I don't need the money. I'll help do free daycare. Get, a, get yourself a background check. Throw yourself out there. Help. Give back. Do something in the community. Hey, I know a good one. I know a lot of people. I know a couple that is still shut in in our church because they don't go a lot of places. Running errands is huge. You have a car and you can afford a little extra gas. Maybe run some errands for folks in the community. Put it out there on Facebook. Do you have anything that just needs done that we can help you with? Do something like that. Partner with a local mission. There's lots of local missions. Like, not just like the mission, maybe go to the mission, but there's other food banks, including our own. There's uh, Deliver Light with uh, Homelessness. Um, there's a, a lot of nonprofit kids' organizations in town that we can help with. We can be that church that is in the community where everybody knows that Lighthouse Christian Church is in it to win it, their faith is enduring, their hope is enduring because of our loving deeds and our love for other people. What we continue to do, a community of believers that is infesting the community with what it is that we carry. 
That sounds pretty good. Be that church that's infesting what we carry, and that is our hope and faith in Jesus Christ. Being a faith spreader or a love giver, a hope dealer, we've got hope that no virus can kill. No virus, including Satan himself, cannot demolish. We have faith in Jesus. We have a hope no government can kill. Even if they told us to shut this building down today, guess what? Andre has a huge shop. We're meeting there. I wouldn't announce that on Facebook though. It'd be our new underground church. We can figure it out, right? We have a hope that no Taliban can kill with our brothers and sisters in Afghanistan, even though they're scared and feared for their life and torture. I'll tell you what, the disciples 2,000 years ago went through the same thing and they stayed fast to their faith. Do not let what America is putting down our throats waver your faith. We have a hope that not even Satan can touch. I've come to the idea that I hope things don't go back to normal. I really don't. It sounds crazy. But you know why? I've seen more people come to Jesus through this turmoil than I did before. I see people giving their lives over to Jesus because they realize that this world isn't what their hope is. Our hope can't be in this world. I've seen too many people that are spiritually lukewarm. They're on the fence. They can't make up their mind between Jesus and the world. But you know what this pandemic has done? It's taken them off the fence, either one side or the other. Jesus says you can't be lukewarm. You're either all in or you're not. I believe this is a great wake-up call for America You see these third world countries making disciples every day, but in America we're just praying a non-believer will walk through the doors of the church as if we're actually making disciples. That's not what it looks like. That's not what it looks like in reality. It's time for the church to unite, to stand together, stand strong, and start being more bold than we've ever been before. Those other churches, even if their doctrine is a little different than ours, We pray for them to fill those seats with new believers. We pray. And we pray for these seats to just be filled with non-believers. How cool would it be if we had 250 non-believers show up next Sunday to church and all of our believers had nowhere to sit? Could you see some of our believers going, well, there's just nowhere to sit. How cool would that be? Now you have to work. Cool, because they're all non-believers and we need to bring them to Jesus and you're all saved. How cool would that be? Well, how come we aren't making that a reality? How do we make that a reality? By going out and being contagious to what it is we carry. You guys, our hope can never be in our government. Our hope is not in America. I love this country through and through. I'm a patriot. I pray for our soldiers every single day. But in the end, I am not an American. I'm a Christian. And my hope is in heaven and in Jesus Christ, not here. I stand with those people from Afghanistan as if we are one. Not because I'm American. No, because I'm a Christian and they're Christian. I stand with the Christians around the world when I say, well, America first. I get it. But really, we can't say that. Christians first. 
And those non-Christians need to know Jesus all around the world. We do need to become one. And the stronger America is in our faith, the longer America will be able to stand for the freedom of religion. That's why I do love America. I love the freedom of religion. But isn't it weird where you have freedom of religion, the church is shrinking? But where it's illegal, it's growing faster than ever? I asked a question to someone the other night. They lived in a communist country growing up. They've lived in communism. Not allowed to do anything. Told everything that they have to do. She got out. She got to see what Western civilization looks like. And I asked her this question. Did the light shine brighter in the communist country or in the Western civilized country? She said, in communism. The light shines brighter in communism. Why? Because it wasn't violent. People were seeking the hope of Jesus Christ. It was quiet. It was silent. No one was allowed to speak of their faith. It was, you had to be very careful with who you trusted. But people were willing to help people left and right. Help here, help there, help here, help there. And guess what happens in Western civilization? That'll be mine, thank you. And I'm going to take this to me because it's mine. Seems like the light shines bright in America. It really doesn't. I think the light shines bright in these third world countries where I see people baptized every single day. You guys, we need to live like that. We need to look like that. We have a job to do. We can't make the world a better place, but guess what? If we filled America up with Christians again, it would sure look a lot different than it does right now. A lot different. We can change the reality that we live in. But we have got to do something more than just chair surf on Sundays. Church hop on Sundays. Pick the church that just fits you best. I'm sorry. Jesus already came for us all. We are the church. And we need to look like the church. Like I said, my hope isn't in government, but I will pray for our leaders. My hope is not in doctors, although I pray for them as they utilize their talents that are given by God to make us better. My hope is not in spiritual leaders. No other pastors. My mentors. My hope is not in them. But I do pray as they do for each other. My hope is in the One who spoke the world into being. My hope is in the all-knowing, all-powerful, ever-present God of the universe. My hope is in the One who heals deaf ears, opens blind eyes, raises the dead. Why am I a faith spreader? Why am I a love giver and a hope dealer? Because of Jesus. Who is Jesus? He is the door through which we get to enter. He is the spiritual bread that strengthens the soul. He delivers the captives, restores the broken, strengthens the weak, which I am. He is our provider, our comforter, the source of all that we have. He is the strength and the redeemer. He is the rock, the sustainer. He is the assurance and the firm foundation which we build our house. He is the shelter in the time of trouble. He is the light when the world is dark. 
He is the Prince of Peace, the Lamb of God, the Alpha, the Omega, the Resurrection, and the Life. He fills us up. He is goodness that is indescribable, power that is incomprehensible. He is grace that is irresistible. And at this time, darkness is trembling, not the other way around. In His presence, demons flee. Death could not defeat Him and the grave could not hold Him. So it cannot hold us either. Not at all. Fear is contagious, but so is my faith. Hate is contagious, but so is love. Love conquers all. Worry is contagious, but so is hope. So is hope. Faithful work from our Christians outside of Sundays. Loving deeds from our church outside of Sundays. And an enduring hope that lasts forever outside of Sundays. We are faith spreaders, not just in the church walls. We are love givers, not just in the church walls. And we are hope dealers, not just in the church walls. My prayer is I'm hoping I am speaking to carriers today. What are you carrying? And is it worth catching you guys, we have good news. Do not keep His grace to yourself. Don't worry if someone thinks you're weird because you like Jesus. Don't, think someone, don't let someone think that you're weird because you shared the Gospel with them. At least you gave them an opportunity to choose for themselves. You guys, as the world grows darker, His light shines brighter. Don't you see? America's growing darker and the church is growing brighter. This is when we stand up and we really look like the church. Even if we can't walk through a building. Don't worry about that building. God's church, He said it Himself. Nothing will stop His church from growing. Nothing. So don't think I closed church. Only God can do that. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, Thank You for Your grace, God. Thank You for saving me. Thank You for giving me the opportunity to serve You, God, when I don't deserve to. Thank You for continuously changing my heart every single day so I can let the hate out and fill it with Your love so I can love on other people. Help me to not be so judgmental when I see folks that I can just love on them so that I can think of them and go, wow, they could be bringing someone to Jesus if I just told them about Jesus. God, thank you for this opportunity to see things so much clearer as we focus on hope instead of fear, knowing that we will endure to the end of our days. And it may not look pretty. It may be with stones or, or burning or whatever. God, just thank you for the courage to stand strong in my faith. Lord God, I pray that everybody watching today, they can stand strong in their faith, but stand strong enough to share it with someone else. Stand strong to say, you know what? Nothing in this world is better than you, Jesus. Help us to be contagious. Lord God, I thank you for this day. I thank you for this message in Jesus' name. Amen. You can go ahead and cut.